Welcome to the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast, a conversation designed to help covenant partners live Jesus-shaped lives. Hey everyone, welcome to the October 2017th edition of the Gathering Network Covenant Partner Podcast. You know, before we get started, here's a few things for you to know. Firstly, there's no all-worship service on October 29th this month, even though October 29th is a fifth Sunday, which is when our all-worship services typically happen. Take that night to connect with family and friends, and we will resume our regular 61 Sunday service activities on November the 12th. We're starting a new sermon series this month called The Prayer Course. It's kicking off this weekend, October the 8th, and this series will go through the new year, and if you're out of town or happen to miss a Sunday service, stay updated on iTunes. So I would guess that I'm, I'm not alone in feeling pretty heavy-hearted these days. The stories that are coming across our news feeds are just heartbreaking. There's hurricanes, racism, political division, terrorism, so many other things. And I'm sitting here recording this just days after a lone sniper opened fire on a large crowd at a country music festival in Las Vegas, resulting in the deadliest mass shooting in modern American history, leaving almost 60 people dead and over 500 people injured. Well, firstly, our hearts go out to the victims and the families of this horrible event. And secondly, it's tragic that news like this has become so commonplace today. I had the privilege of having lunch with the board of the Gathering Network this afternoon. And the men that serve on our board are in their mid to late 50s, some in their young 60s. And I asked them if when they were younger, they remembered carrying the stress of bad news in their body the way I think today's younger generations do. And they each said no. And they expressed concern that younger generations have to deal with a constant flow of immediate and tragic information and imagery. The truth is, this one thing, just the constant flow of tragic bad news, is creating a stress loop in our souls that rarely stops. This is something that previous generations have just not had to deal with, at least not to this degree. So, you know, what can we do? Well, I would suggest that we learn how to go to God to find quiet and peace, and I want to model a way that we can simply quiet before God so we can center our hearts around the good news of His character and Word. So let's just spend a few minutes doing this practice together, and then we'll jump into this episode. And if you're not in a place where you can quiet down, maybe just push pause or skip forward in the episode and come back to this part later when you can give your full attention to this. And I pray that it'll be worth your time. Jesus, we just want to come to you today, and we just want you to know that our our hearts are heavy and burdened. And so lead us now as we come to you for quiet and peace, so that from quiet and peace, in a place of hope, we can have a testimony of good news in a world that desperately needs good news.
So let's just take in, take in a deep breath today and let it out. Again, take a deep breath in. Let it out. Take a deep breath in. And let it out. Just become aware of your breathing. the pace of your breath, the beat of your heart. If there's tension in your shoulders, Just relax them. The muscles in your neck relax. The tension that you carry in your neck relax. The muscles in your face, let them be relaxed. ask God to remind our hearts today that He is here. We're reminded today that God sees us. We're reminded that He hears us. reminded that he knows how weak we are. And that he's tender and compassionate towards us. hearts are reminded today that Jesus is concerned with making wrong things right and he has the power to do so and we live from a place of hope that wrong things will be made right in the name and way of Jesus Amen
Today's episode is one that we recorded for the Love and War Worship Podcast. You'll recognize Lauren Plemons, now Lauren Plemons Little, she just got married this past weekend, and Jack Smithy's voice as my fellow co-hosts on that podcast. It was a conversation that I had with Michael and Terry Sullivan, who have become great friends to the Gathering Network and truly guides to us in hearing God's voice. You know, Jesus tells us that we can hear his voice as his disciples, yet few of us have just a ton of confidence in this. I mean, there's always that question, can we really hear God? And don't we feel like something is wrong with us if we struggle to hear his voice? Well, that's what today's episode is all about. And we are really, really lucky and fortunate to have some really wise and tender, gentle guides like Michael and Terry Sullivan to help us grow in our confidence that we can, in fact, hear God's voice. All right, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Michael and Terry Sullivan. John, you got to sit down with Mm -hmm. Michael and Terry Sullivan, parents of the prophetic movement. It's been a a treasure. These are just the sweetest people like on earth, don't you agree? I mean, they're just precious people, yeah. I'm curious to know what you think when you're around Terry. No matter what she'll say, it will be mm. so encouraging and loving. Yeah. And I really, really enjoy her as yeah. a human being. Right. She's so fun. And then she carries such authority it's within true. her. And she and Michael are both so normal about it, too. Right. Like, they don't, like, throw mm. on a prayer voice or anything. They're, you're just having a conversation. And then all of a sudden, they start just sharing, you know, these impressions that they're getting. And it just feels really normal even though it's not, you know, something that you're around all the time. Right, yeah. right, right. Let me ask you this before we kind of jump into what this episode is going to be really all about. Have you guys ever felt like you weren't blank enough to really be able to dial in to the voice of God? Have you ever felt like you weren't one thing or another, that you had just done something so the faucet, right, the, the voice of God, the flow was going to be off because you did X, Y, Z, you know? Yeah, I think on our Tuesday night prayer nights, coming off of work, Mm -hmm. getting there, feeling like this is great to be here with my people, but it is hard to be here. And I don't know if I have what it takes to pray for the people in this city Mm. and to hear on behalf of them. You're not feeling strong enough. Not feeling strong enough in that moment, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. It is amazing that Jesus always shows up in those moments. Right. It, right. it blows my mind. Yeah. What about you, Jack? Every time I step up to lead worship, there's a temptation to like look back and look at like your the list where you missed the mark that week. Totally, man. And like the enemy wants to hand you that list and say, this is like why you can't do this. Right. Right, right. now. Right. right. And so I think almost every time I lead worship, I have to say, do I, am I going to say that's my qualification or am I going to look at Jesus and say that's my qualification? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I love this episode, man, because they tell us that every believer has heard the voice of God already just without knowing it. I love that note. I love that idea that we, in fact, all are actually hearing the voice of God. We might just not be putting that on that hook, right, at that time. Yeah, Michael defines the term prophecy for us and what it means to be prophetic. And Terry reminds us that prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue, and God is speaking to us in a conversant way. And Michael affirms how much we need to know the scripture, Mm -hmm. the written word of God, so we can hear God's voice accurately. He helps us learn to hear the tone and the texture of the story so we can see ourselves within it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Terry gently helps us erase the enemy of perfection in our lives 
to be replaced with a grace-filled relationship with Jesus. And we talk about the abuse of manipulation and how false prophetic manipulation has injured so many people. We talk about the ways that we can reclaim biblical prophetic ministry by creating cultures that are safe and trustworthy. All in all, this is a fantastic uh, episode, and I'm so glad to introduce everyone to Michael and Terry Sullivan. Well, Michael and Terry, it's a it's an honor to be here. Um, I'm in your home today. Thanks for welcoming us into your space today. We're honored to be with Glad you. Glad to have you, John. Yes. It's good yes, to be your friend. Yes. Friendship is awesome. Friendship is awesome. And friendship <laughs> with you is awesome. So, all right. Well, we're going to have a conversation, you know, about hearing God's voice. And it seems like we always run, run up against this philosophical idea mm-hmm. that hearing God's voice might not even be possible. Or that we're not something enough to be able to hear it ourselves. And yet here you are, two people, two people who um, uh, have lived beautiful lives, but you would say that you're not perfect, right? I mean, right, you, absolutely. You, you would say that you haven't reached a, a, a plane of perfection that has earned you the right to hear God's voice, and yet you hear God's voice all the time. And I'm really interested in that, and I would bet that our listeners are interested in how you have grown confident, growing confident that that indeed is the voice of the Father, and we want to learn from you today how to grow confident in that ourselves. And so I'm going to ask you this, do you believe that every believer can hear the voice of God? Yes. Yeah. I would take it farther than that. I would say every believer has heard the voice of God. That's where I was going to go with you. Yeah. God is speaking to us, and we're just not recognizing yeah. it. Would that be what you would argue? I think so, yes, be, because we've got a problem in Western culture with rationalism. Mm-hmm. You know, the Enlightenment was a revival of rationalism, and so the reason, the human reason, became the primary and chief attribute of the human being. Because of that, reason, human reason has tended to uh, strip Christian experience uh from its supernatural side. And so it's hard for us to believe that God would speak to us. It's hard for us to believe that the Holy Spirit's gifts would move and things would happen because we pray that only God can do. Right. And so this is a problem in our culture, and we've all experienced the intimidation of human reason. And in in Scripture, human reason is a gift from God, hmm. but it's not elevated above other aspects of our being, and especially not elevated above the Holy Spirit. Right. But that's what's happened. And so as a result, the doubt and the cynicism that comes with an overuse of reason, we quench uh, the voice of God, Mm -hmm. and we quench people's expectation of hearing the voice of God because it seems so bizarre. Define what prophecy is. I like to define the prophetic as an umbrella term, because I think that the Bible does that. It talks about, the, for instance, the prophetic scriptures. So the, the Bible is prophetic. Jesus is called the Word of God, mm-hmm. you know, the living Word of God. That is what prophetic is. So Jesus is prophetic. Revelation says that the testimony of Jesus is the essence of prophecy. You know, the, the prophetic is a broad term in scripture, and it basically, in my understanding, means direct divine communication. However that comes, mm-hmm. it's direct divine communication. And it is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
Yes, it's yeah. his uh, natural habitat. Right. You know, it, he he is a communicator by nature. That's why he was sent right. in John 14. He's going to come and he's going to deliver the things of the Father and the Son to us. And even more, more mysteriously uh, also, it says in Romans 8, he takes the very unutterable groanings of our hearts and turns them into prayer back to the Father and the Son. Right. So the Holy Spirit is the communication link between God and His children. How do you know somebody? You communicate with them. You have a dialogue with them. Mm-hmm. You, it's a back and forth. It's not a monologue. Yeah, prayers never intended to be a monologue. Yeah, right. And the conversation can be with words or without words. Yeah, it's sharing impressions back and forth. Yeah. When I read my Bible, I see encounters all over the place. It's true. Like if we try to take angels demons, visions, trances, all of these things that are sort of outside of what you were describing earlier, Michael, reason, right? Mm -hmm. Western rationalism. Transrational. Right. When we extract those things from the the Bible's story, there's not there's not much of a story left. I mean I mean, every turn it seems that God is speaking through I mean, I the one that I go to immediately in my mind is this moment where Peter was on the roof and he sees this sheet come down. And I mean, as the story goes on, that's when Gentiles got grafted into this story and accepted into the, into this story. And then here we are sitting here. And so we are actually sitting here having this discussion because of a vision and because of a trance or even just more, even more than that, just that sense of intimacy and closeness with the father hearing his voice like that in my life. How can they do it? How can people begin to grow sure. that they're hearing God's voice? It's a great question, and one we get asked a lot. Uh, I, I like to start with um, going back to what you were saying about Peter in the book of Acts, for instance. When we read those stories, we tend to think, oh, well, that was Peter. That was the apostle Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, he had that kind of you know, experience with God. Right. But we can't expect that for ourselves because we've written ourselves out of the narrative. Yeah. You know? And so I think that what one of the things that we desperately need in the church world is a is a more integrated uh understanding of the of the meta narrative of the Bible. Yeah. The whole story of God. The whole story of God. And you know about that and you teach about that. Mm-hmm. And so when we do that, we realize, hey, we're still a part of the story. Yeah. The story is still being told. Yep. The story is still unfolding. So what happened to Peter uh, on Simon's rooftop could happen to John mm-hmm. next week to open up a people group to the gospel. Wow. Right. So I think that we've got to demystify this a bit and because we've put the Bible characters on pedestals. Right. But the Bible characters weren't on pedestals. When James makes his point about Elijah praying with power so that it wouldn't rain and then prayed again and it would rain, the point he's making is that he was an ordinary guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's his point. Mm-hmm. So you're an ordinary guy, Terry's an ordinary gal, and you can pray too, and God will hear your prayer. So I think that it begins with a better theology that the kingdom is still happening. 
the kingdom is here. The spirit of God is still poured out yeah. upon us. And the story's not done yet. The, the, the book isn't fully written yet. And the, there's a whole movement called Acts 29, right? right? Because yeah. It, yeah. it's still, the book of Acts is still being written. Yeah, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that up front, we need to take out an enemy that stands in the way of us very naturally hearing from God, and that is perfectionism. Right. Yeah, come on. We don't have to do everything perfect. There's no, That's not even a possibility. Mm-hmm. So let's just erase that right now. Let's just move that enemy out of the way. And all that the Lord is wanting is to encourage relationship that is a trial and error. We're, we're seeking to understand when we have a conversation with each other, Mm-hmm. We ask each other questions, trying to understand better. Is that what you meant? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going back and forth because we don't hear perfectly. We don't speak perfectly. Mm-hmm. So what? Right. So what if that's fine? It yeah. is fine. Yeah. I'm just saying. Right. It is fine. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I like to say God would love to work through perfect people. But he just doesn't have any. There aren't any around. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and we're right. not there yet. Yeah. And so obviously he wants to work through imperfect people. Yeah. And so we, I agree totally, Terry. We can't let perfectionism beat us up. Yeah. You know, as long as we're on the path and we're going the right direction, hey, you know, God can work and will work. And the Bible's full of stories of God using people like us right. who are not there yet. The another thing I would say about Scripture, because I want to make sure that we that we you know honor the the written word of God. Yep. I compare it uh, to the to the flagpole and the, the work of the spirit to the flag. Oh, and yeah. so the, the flagpole is planted. It's not going to change. It's there to be seen. It's brilliant in its own way. It's steady. It's not bending in the wind, but then what's a flagpole without a flag. Right. We got to get the flag up there that, that is beautiful. It's colorful. It, it flows with the wind. And so this is the word and the spirit coming together in the Christian experience. Mm. The objective truths of our faith, the objective doctrines of our faith are important and fundamental, but but we want to also have subjective experience that fits right. well with objective truth. Right. And so that's kind of the blend and the balance that I think we need. When we come to the Bible, here's the way I recommend people, they want to hear God, okay, well, here's a whole book of God's words, you know? Mm-hmm. So study it like a story, number one, study the meta narrative of it, and see where you fit in the story. And then when you come to the Word of God, come with a, a tender and open heart, mm. not just to get knowledge. Like, I need to know the Bible. Some Christians are like superstitious. If I memorize a Bible verse, then I'm going to be holy because I memorized a Bible verse. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like that. I think it's more, what's it saying to me? What's it saying to my life? What's it saying to my heart? What do I need to believe by reading that, that I didn't believe before, and what do I need to do or not do mm-hmm. that I didn't do before and did do before, right? Right. And so we come like children, we come open-hearted, we come to learn when we come to the Bible that God would transform us uh, and build our friendship with Christ. What I've found through you know being a Christian over 40 years is that in reading the Scripture every day, you know, and I do, I read it every day, and I, I started to feel the tone and the texture mm-hmm. of God's voice. And so then when I have subjective experiences, I have something to 
compare it to. Right. And I'm able to measure that experience to say, does that, does that have the tone and texture of my father's voice? Yeah. And, and I especially encourage Christians to soak themselves in the New Testament because that's the covenant that we have. Yeah. And then if you study the New Testament really well, you'll get insight into the Old Testament that if you just read the Old Testament, you won't get it. What does God's voice sound like to you in your soul? It, it, it happens in different ways mm-hmm. for me. There are sometimes it's a, it's a very slight impression. It's a thought that comes through my mind that I wasn't trying to think, I wasn't intending to think, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And it's subtle in nature. Sometimes it's a feeling. It's an emotional experience. Sometimes I have physical sensations when God is speaking to me mm-hmm. because the Bible says that our bodies are, tem- are temples of the Holy Spirit. And so God's into the physical world as well as the unseen world, right? So it happens in different ways for me, but, but ultimately when I hear the voice of God and I discern it to be his voice, then there's like an internal reverberation, I would call it. It's like a um, uh, resonance Mm. that goes through my entire being like, wow, I think that's the Father who's convincing me of something He's saying to me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a process to it. It's not always instantaneous. Sometimes there's a process of coming to that point. But ultimately, it's going to have that kind of uh, resonance. Mm-hmm. And then we also learn by sharing the Word of God with other people. And from their feedback, we get confirmation that it's the Lord, and it's right. not just our thought or our feeling that is being applied. It's something beyond us. What I feel when I hear His voice is weight on the words. Mm. The words, when they come, they have weight. And then I begin to see things, and they're not things that I'm making up. They're things that are just being dropped into my mind. And mm-hmm. I'm seeing pictures, and I'm hearing a scenario that maybe is a story with, with words and thoughts and feelings and pictures. That's mm-hmm. a whole story that he's dropping into me to give to somebody that will apply as a metaphor to their situation, mm-hmm. or maybe not a metaphor, maybe just really specifically, just mm-hmm. depends. And I, I have no problem when I share things with people of saying, weigh this and mm-hmm. you know, see what applies to you. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm infallible, mm-hmm. but I believe I have the essence because I know him. Right. Because I have the weight and I sense the peace of his presence and the joy of his, it's very exhilarating. Yeah. I've heard you guys say before that God uses the elements of the way that we're made. He uses our personality to speak to us. He uses our creativity to speak to us. He uses, like if you're an audio, you know, if you're a visual person, he'll use that dynamic to speak to you because he made you. This is very synonymous with the way that I communicate with my kids. Each of my kids are very different. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to speak to them in a way that they can each hear me and understand Mm -hmm. me. And I don't approach Reeve on some things the same way that I would approach Beck, right? Beck is a softer soul. He's a, 
he's a he's just a more introverted um tender heart reeve i can be way more direct with him mm. you know i can just say hey stop doing that and he's like why and i tell him exactly why and he's like okay you know <laughs> you know back i just look at him mm. and he knows exactly what i mean they're very different people and the fact that you know i use mm-hmm. their identity totally. who they are the way they are to communicate things to them I'm sure that this conversation hits some people who might be listening to us today in painful places because they were in traditions that manipulated this gift Mm. and wounded them and hurt them and tried to control them or even contrived certain situations in an altar call or in counseling or whatever, and it actually wasn't God's voice, but people were speaking with that kind of weight and authority. Yeah. What can and, and and the reason why I think that this matters is because I actually have a a passion to see people healed of those wounds so that we can bring the gift back the way that God intended for us to use it. We can work through the wounds and acknowledge them. What would you say to someone who's been wounded? by the prophetic ministry and a let's let's just define what prophetic ministry is sure. and then if someone has been wounded by it how can they then walk yeah. out of it and, and it's an awesome question yeah thanks for caring for people like that john yeah. is awesome so um so i would say that uh you know agreeing with you that this has been abused but the answer to abuse of something is is normally not disuse but a proper use mm. right and so we but it's easy to react to uh good things you know that are essentially good uh, when they're abused mm. and we get a bad attitude about them but and that's what paul said actually in thessalonians don't despise prophecy like right. why would anybody despise prophecy yeah. well if you live in a church that prophesies for a while you probably find out why yeah. you'd be tempted right <laughs> so because it has been abused so we have to we have to put the safeguards in place we have to create a culture where it's it's uh, more humble where it's more helpful where it's more fluid where it can be evaluated, where it can be sifted and sorted. This is what the New Testament teaches about prophecy. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the problem is theological. We have like an Old Testament prophet paradigm for the prophetic. So that guy is the guy. Yeah, you got to listen mm-hmm. to him, you know, yeah. and it's intimidating, right? And so this is where, you know, the flesh has gotten in into the prophetic movements in church history mm-hmm. that we have to sort through. So I think it's important to... Tell people that we're sorry, you know, and acknowledge that, yeah, these things have happened and, and not sweep it under the carpet, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, these things do happen and have happened and people have been wounded. Then I think, uh, we can create a new way, you know, a better way. Terry talked about the better way earlier. Create mm-hmm. a better way in our church cultures, in our spiritual families where, uh, this begins to be practiced in a user-friendly, more user-friendly way, mm-hmm. that it's demystified, that people aren't going off with false authority saying, the Lord said this and the Lord said that, and imposing things onto people. 
we need to create a culture where we recognize that every believer is a is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is able to directly communicate with them, and he does and wants to. Mm-hmm. And so every Christian has a dose of the prophetic spirit. And so because of that, it makes it different than the Old Testament. That's one of the reasons why I think this conversation is really important to us, because we're just trying to say, hey, let's welcome that voice in. Let's not try to exile that voice as if something is wrong. Let's welcome that voice home into your heart yes. and then begin to say, okay, well, now what? Now what? Yeah. Now what do How we do? How about taking some risks right? <laughs> and speaking out what yeah. you're hearing and right. seeing? How about it? I love it because God is good. bringing life that somebody needs that day in that very special way that it's said. Yeah. And it's important just to try. Right. One of my favorite Bible characters is Peter because he would try stuff. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that got out of the boat and walked on the water. Yeah. He sank, yes. Right. But at least he tried. Right. And just don't be afraid to try and see how it goes. Yeah. And if it doesn't go so well, try again. Try again. Right, right. (laughs) Thank you for running ahead of us. And thank you for modeling for us what it looks like to be people who risk it and hear him and live lives of joy and hope so that we can walk in the wake of your life. It's amazing. I love you, and I really appreciate you guys sitting down with me today. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Thank you. Man, that was such a great episode. I really enjoy the soul events and hearing from them. Mm -hmm. Their tone is so parently. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say my takeaway from this episode is, is what Terry talked about, that the relational aspect of prayer life is not supposed to be a monologue. It was never meant to be that. I really zoned in on what they were talking about, about putting biblical characters on a pedestal. Like Mm. We look at their life and say, that was then or that was them, that can't be me. But I was just reminded how God uses really ordinary people Mm -hmm. to do his work. And he doesn't use perfect people because he doesn't have any perfect people to work with. And so he wants to work through imperfect people. I think the thing that I was reminded of once again is that uh, there's a, a, a reclaiming process that needs to happen when we're talking about prophetic ministry because a lot of people have been deeply wounded by mm-hmm. some false ministry that's happened right. out there. And I personally feel a passion in my life to create cultures that are safe mm-hmm. so that we can welcome the voice of God back into our midst so we can be led by the mind of Christ, by the powerful, you know, word of God, both the written word and then the voice of the spirit that speaks to our heart yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to create safe environments for people where we can even ask them, have you been wounded by this ministry? And if you have, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's let's pray that you'll be healed. And then let's create some safe places where we can hear the voice of God together. If you would like to learn more about Michael and Terry Sullivan, you can go to radius-group.org. Michael has written a book called Your Kingdom Come, Living Out the Lord's Prayer Every Day, a fantastic resource for you. If you'd like to dive deeper in this issue, go check out their website, go check out their blog. We love you, Michael and Terry Sullivan. Thanks for speaking into us today.